Thank you, Brother Jacob. As he said, I, uh, I cut my teeth at First Assembly Port Arthur under Brother Jacob's mentorship. Uh, very grateful for his mentorship, for his friendship, and uh, for the opportunities he gave me then. And uh, now I've come full circle uh, being here at Victory Temple. And when I first, uh, shortly after, I'd, after Linda and I had been attending, I uh, asked him if I could meet with him. And uh, just dis discussed some things and told him, that the, I said, you know, I don't know, I was just on a, I was on a, I was on a different journey at that time, you know, I had visited a couple of other churches, just felt like I needed something new and different in my life, felt I, I had fulfilled my time at Faith Harbor, uh, appreciate that time there, and uh, I said, you know, I don't know, I don't know how long we'll be here, I don't know you know, five months from now, I may get a different calling. I said, we may be here for the long haul. And he, he, he told me however long I was here that he was going to use me. And uh, very, very grateful to you, Brother Jacob. And, you know, as you were uh, talking about the discipleship class coming up, the deeper, I, I remember a quote from Charles Spurgeon, and I actually saw it on uh, yesterday on my Facebook, something to the effect that, just skimming the Word of God has little effect. You have to dig and mine into the Word to, to find that treasure. And I always encourage people, read the Bible. Read the Word of God. Read it. Read it from Genesis to Revelation. And when you finish, read it again. Read it again and again and again. Because every time, you'll find a new nugget. You'll, you'll find something different. Because I, I know it's, it's true for me. I'm sure it's true for Brother Jacob. And it, it'll be true for you. So this evening, uh, I'll be in the book of John. I'll be in uh, chapter 21, the last chapter of John. And uh, Brother Jacob, when, uh, when this uh, scripture came to my heart, I remember uh, you, you preached on it a few years ago at Faith Harbor. Now, of course, I've slept since then. So I, don't, I don't remember the sermon. But if I subconsciously, if I subconsciously pull out a couple of points that, you know, you, you say, wait a minute, I preached that. I'll, I will give you credit right now. But uh, anyway, I'm going to start at the very beginning of this chapter. John 21, verse 1, After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And on this wise showed he himself. There were together Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathanael of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two other of his disciples. Now I'm going to stop right here for a few minutes. Originally I wasn't really going to say much about that verse, but, but this morning uh, during, during service, during the, during the move of God and the altar call, that this verse stuck out to me, and it's because when you read, now of course not, not all, 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 all the disciples were not there, but you notice that Thomas was there. Now Thomas is where we get the phrase, doubting Thomas. 
Because you remember, just one chapter previously, uh, he missed the he missed the appearance of Jesus to the disciples, and he said, "Well, you know, unless I see his scars, put my finger in his side, I don't I don't believe it." You know, and of course, Jesus did appear again. He said, "Okay, here's my scars. Here's put your finger in my side." He said, "You know, you know, you believe because you've seen, but bless those who have not seen and believe." So now here's Thomas, and I'm thinking, you know, he had a you know he had a different mindset after that day. You know, it's like you know I need to. You know, these are my these are my buddies. These are my these are my uh, fellow ministers, so to speak. I need to I need to be with them. I need to fellowship with them whenever possible. And then two, who knows what I'll miss if I'm if I'm not with them. If I'm not if I'm not uh, fellowshipping. And that's how it made me think. You know, this is how this is this should be our mindset. You know, we should always be eager to fellowship with our fellow believers. You know, here at Victory Temple, we should be able to, we should be eager to come on Sunday and Wednesday and the special nights when we have revival or whatever the case may be. We should be, we should not forsake the assembling of the saints. You, know, you don't know what you're going to miss when you miss a service. You know, I missed, I missed the last two Sundays because, you know, one Sunday we're in Florida, you know, we're, we're vacationing. Uh, one lady, one friend of mine asked if we had moved there when she saw the pictures. It's like, no, just, just, a, short, just a short vacation. And then we went to go visit my brother-in-law. And, uh, you know, act, and actually, uh, you know, I told Brother Jacob I would mention this. I, I, we actually could have come last Sunday, uh, but I wanted to get there early. You know, I didn't want to get there in the evening time. I said, let's just, let's just leave in the morning. I'll catch up. Talking about church, I'll, I'll catch up. You know, and, but then I thought about it during the day, and I, I didn't watch, well, I, I, y'all couldn't live stream because of internet problems, and, and I'm thinking, you know, what did I miss? You know, maybe, maybe there was a mighty move of God like there was this morning. Uh, we've, had, we've had so many wonderful services here. A lot of them, Brother Jacob hasn't preached the word. You know, we've, we've had such, such moves of God here that really we should not ever miss the opportunity to be here in service in the house of the Lord. And so this was, I'm sure this was Thomas's mindset. You know, it's like, okay, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to miss a thing. I'm going to be with my fellow ministers and, and, you know, just maybe, maybe Jesus will come back. And so, continuing with verse 3, Simon Peter says to them, I go a fishing. And they say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth and entered into a ship immediately and that night they caught nothing. And when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. But the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? They answered him, No. That's how I imagine they answered, because, you know, they've been fishing all night, don't have anything to show for it, so frustration sets in. Here, here comes this guy. They're not sure who it is at first. Hey, you got any fish? No. Any other questions? <laughs> and then he adds insult to injury. He says to them, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find. Well, they cast, therefore, now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved saith unto Peter, it is the Lord. 
Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girt his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from land, but as it were, 200 cubits, or about 100 yards, dragging the net with fishes. As soon then as they were come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid thereon, and bread. Jesus saith unto them, Bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of, to land full of great fishes, a hundred and fifty-three. And for all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So this evening, for want of a title, I just want to preach on the thought, Go Fish. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this opportunity to gather this evening, Lord. I pray that you just use me as a willing vessel, that you just preach through me tonight, Lord. Lord, open our ears, our hearts to receive this message, Lord. We give you all the glory and praise. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. You may be seated. So seven of the disciples had gathered together. Peter decides he wants to go fishing. That had been his trade. It had been some of the, some of the others, uh, the sons of Zebedee, it was their trade too. They were partners with Peter. Uh, before, and then, of course, as you read in the Gospels, they left that behind to follow Jesus and study to be in his ministry for the three, three and a half years that it's, that it's believed that Jesus uh, ministered on, while he was on this earth. So some may, well, why, you know, why, why did they go back to fishing, you know? I mean, here they had, uh, because, you know, Jesus had not yet ascended. He had not yet told them, you know, go out, go out and preach. You know, they, it was not yet, was not yet time for them to, to go out and preach the word, to spread the good news. So I'm guessing to buy their time and plus to, uh, probably thinking, well, you know, I need to provide for my family. I need, I need income. You know, Jesus had provided for the three and a half years that they were with him. They didn't, they didn't lack for food or water or uh, their basic needs. But now it's like, well, we need to do something, so this is what we know. Uh, and being out all night, I believe that it was for, for business, for, for the purpose of uh, selling in the market, because if they had just been Fishing for pleasure, I doubt they would have stayed out all night. Uh, you know, I, I remember as a young boy fishing with my uncle. We went out about midnight one night because supposedly the fish bite better at night sometimes. Uh, so we'd go out there and we stayed maybe a couple of hours and same result. We'd, I don't think we caught anything uh, except frustration. <laughs> and, uh, he's, you know, it's like, hey, why well, stay out here all night? Let's you know, let's, let's go back, let's go back and rest, try again another day. So, so here they go out all night, they don't catch anything, 
you know, and here's Jesus, as, a, as it says, they, they, weren't, they weren't sure who it was at first, you know, and he's saying, well, hey, you know, some translations say, you know, do you have any fish? Do you have any meat? Did you, did you catch anything, you know? And as I said, they're probably very frustrated at this point. He's like, no, we don't have anything, you know, and then he says, well, hey, cast the net on the right side of the ship and you shall find, and it's believed that most of the time they they would cast on the left side because the oar would be on the right side, so it's easier to throw it on the left side. But still, not much room between the left and the right side. And if they, I'm thinking at this point, maybe they're, maybe they're starting to think, well, you know, maybe it's Jesus. Because there was something, maybe there was, there was familiarity in his voice. There was authority in his voice because you're, if you remember, when he was teaching in the synagogue, the people marveled at his teaching because he taught with authority. Because if they had just, as I said, if they had just thought it was still a total stranger, and someone's, you know, after you've caught nothing, they say, well, well, throw it on the other side. Why don't I throw it over your head? But they didn't. Maybe, as I said, they probably had some kind of inkling so they cast the net on the right side, and then, they, and then the, the Word of God says they brought in so many fishes that they could hardly pull it up. The other, the other disciples were in the, a smaller boat. They had to come along and help drag the net. Now, if you remember, the first time this happened, Jesus was in the boat with Peter. Peter had been fishing a long time, no results. He said, well, let, let down the net one more time. He said, well, okay, at your, at, your, at your word, I'll do it. Had such a great haul, the net then began to break. But this time it did not break. And they had such a, such a vast multitude of fishes. And it says it was great fishes. So all the, all the fishes they caught were worthy to keep. You know, there were, there were no throwaways on this catch. They're all good sizes. They're all good. And it's like, you know, man, we've, we've got so many fish. You know, they didn't, they didn't estimate. So, well, man, we probably have, maybe we have 100. Maybe, maybe it's 120. It's like, no, let's count. I want to know exactly how many fish we have in this net. Because who knows? I don't know what a good catch was back then. Maybe half that was still considered, you know, if you catch 50, 60, 70, that's, Wow, that's, that's a good day's work. But here they caught 153. And some commentators, you know, they try to, you know, what is the significance of the 153? And I'm not going to, I didn't, I didn't want to go into all of that. But the one thing that they did say that I kind of agree with, that I do agree with, it's like that there was, uh, that the 153 represented all the different species of fishes back then. So, so either they, now it doesn't mean that they caught one of every species, but it was, but it was symbolic of the various fishes. Now, I'm, you know, they didn't catch just, just one, they didn't catch just bass, it wasn't just flounder. I'm sure it was, I'm sure it was a wide, a wide variety. Uh, because they were using a net, they didn't, they didn't have, I don't know if they had specific bait back then. You know, I, you know, our son, our son loves to fish and, you know, he, he knows all the specifics of fishing. You know, he'll, 
You know, if he wants to catch redfish, he knows, he knows what bait to use. He knows, he knows the hot spots on the lake. He knows where to go, when to go. Uh, if, he wants, uh, if he wants trout, you know, different bait, different location maybe, different time, different time of day. Uh, you know, when he, uh, he lived with us for a while, <coughs> and his boat, you know, he'd, he'd have his boat in the driveway, and uh, he'd get home from work, and he'd, man, he'd sometimes, as soon as he got home, he'd hook up his boat, head to the lake, go fishing for two, three hours, you know, come home, come home about maybe 10 o'clock, 10.30, and, uh, and one month, uh, I noticed my water bill had gone up, you know, I was like, man, how do, how do we use, you know, it was like between two and 3,000 extra gallons, and, and I started thinking, okay, he went fishing every night, and every time he came home, he rinsed off his boat, you know, so all, so all that water added up, you know, so, but he, uh, he loves, he loves his fishing, and, uh, you know, he's, I'm sure he's very happy when he, when he gets, you know, catches his limit, or, and, uh, as any fisherman would be, you know, every fisherman when they when they go out on the lake, they wanna they wanna have a good haul. They don't wanna just go out there and catch nothing, you know, because very frustrating. So, so they bring the fish in, and when Peter hears from John that it's the Lord, well, he he can't wait for the boat. Boat's moving slow because it's got that heavy net now, dragging the net. Man, he wants he wants to get to the Lord. So he jumps in. Now it says he was naked, but it doesn't mean that he was completely without clothes. It just means that he took off his outer garment because he knew he was going to be uh, fishing, maybe get, maybe get a little dirty or whatever, and maybe more comfortable without all the garments on. But he, he did put on his garment and then swam to shore because he wanted, he wanted to be near Jesus. And, and again, you know, I just love that zeal that he had, that eagerness, you know, and and that's, that's the eagerness we should have, as I said, every, every service. You know, man, let's, let's get to church, man. I can't, I can't wait. Let, let's go. Uh, can, they, can they open the doors now, you know? <laughs> so they get to shore. There's Jesus, and he says, come and dine. He's already got the fire. He's got the fire of coals. He's got, he's got fish and bread. And it's like... Where did that come from? Because it's early morning. You know, there wasn't a, there wasn't a market basket or an H-E-B nearby. Even if there was a market nearby, it's not doubtful it's going to be open, you know, before the sunrise. But he's Jesus. You know, he's, he's the provider. So it's, as one commentator said, he may have turned the rocks into bread and fish. You know, now he wouldn't do it for himself when he was, when he was tempted in the desert. Do you remember Satan said, well, if you're the son of God, why don't you turn these stones to bread? I know you're hungry. You know, you've been out here 40 days, no, no food. Turn these rocks into bread, you know. He said, no. But he would provide for everyone else. He did it with the, he did it with the, the, the two fish and the five loaves, feeding 5,000 plus multiplying that catch so it's not it's not unlikely that he would have that he would have turned stones to bread turned it to fish or 
He, may, he could have even had his angels, host of angels, you know, bring, bring me a fish, bring me some bread. Nothing was out of, the, out of the question when it comes to Jesus. You know, the disciples had, they had cast the net. But they were doing it, they were doing it on their own effort. They didn't pray, they didn't pray before they went out there. You know, Lord, you know, we just pray that we just have a, pray that we have a good harvest. You know, pray that we can, you know, get some fish for our families. Lord, you know, just did not do that. You know, let's just, let's just go fishing. But then when the Lord showed up, when the Lord was there, things changed. There was provision. You know, sometimes we uh, will cast a net. Maybe, we, maybe we're trying to cast a net on our lost family, our lost friends. But we're doing it without the, without the Lord's help, or we're doing it without without praying about it. You know, we're trying to do it on our own efforts. Or maybe we're trying to cast a net on a solution to a problem that we're having. Or we're, we're trying to cast that net on a solution to addiction. But when we do it on our own strength, on our own power, we're going to end up just like the disciples on that first, that first effort. Our net will be empty. We'll be frustrated. We'll be angry. We'll be empty. Will be without. We have to turn to the Lord. You know, Jesus, he's standing there on the shore. You know, he had, you know, you read through the Gospels, you know, he had been through the storms with the disciples. He had walked on the water. He endured death, hell, and the grave, conquered all of that. Now here he was appearing to the disciples, standing on the shore in triumph, standing as the King of Kings, standing as the Lord of Lords, standing as Jehovah Jireh, the provider. I love that song that, that we sing. We sang it last, last week, I believe, maybe last Wednesday, I can't remember. Sang it recently, uh, because of who you are, I give you glory. And during the chorus, it says, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom. And every time I hear that song, I remember a time, uh, it was after Hurricane Harvey. Yeah. It was just a devastating storm. You know, water everywhere. Uh, so many homes uh, damaged because of the onslaught of water, uh, our flooring, our flooring was destroyed. We were more fortunate th than others. We didn't have to rip out any sheetrock, but just, but the flooring enough was not going to be a cheap endeavor. And we're, you know, and we're wondering, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to replace the flooring? How are we going to pay for this? You know, what are we going to do? You know, well, uh, we can, you know, we can talk to FEMA, you know, Talk to the government. And, uh, of course, we did that on our efforts. And, uh, of course, didn't get any, 
no response, no, basically, you know, no, you know, no go, you know, and we're pondering. Then I knew what I had to do. I went to the Lord, and I started praying about it every day. I didn't cease praying about it, Brother Jacob. I believed. I said, Lord, you can, you can provide the funds. You can provide more than enough. I'm believing. I'm asking you. I'm trusting you, asking you for a provision. I need you, Lord. And so for no reason other than it was the Lord, FEMA contacted us a second time. They had no reason to, but they did. They came to the house. They looked. They went through the house. Told Linda that we were approved. And, that, and then I'll never forget that. Never forget that morning when she called me. Said the money's in our account. I lost it. I had to pull over. I was at work. I'm driving down the road. I had to pull over so I wouldn't wreck. I started crying. I started weeping, thanking God, and I started singing that song. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Sang the whole verse, sang the chorus, and I just, just gave him all the praise and all the glory because he was Jehovah, he is Jehovah Jireh. He provided for us then. He's provided for us on other occasions too. I know most of you or all of you probably have some sort of story where Jesus has provided for you. When you, de when you decided not to go on your own efforts, but to, to rely on him. Now, because Jesus, he told the disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. But he promised. He promises that he'll never leave us. He'll never, fors ne never forsake us. He'll always be with us. And he says that no one comes to the Father except the Father draw him. You know, so the Lord, he casts out a net too. He'll cast out a net to draw us in. Now, sometimes we slip through that net. We don't, uh, don't want to be hauled in. We're not ready. You know, so that net kind of tears. But the good thing is, he doesn't give up. The Lord does not give up. And when he does bring us in, when he does, when he does finally get us in, Jesus said in John 6, he said, the, All the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Once he has us, he's not going to cast us out. He's not going to get rid of us. You know, he's not going to say, I'm tired of you, Michael, get out. But if we'll abide in him, he'll abide in us. He'll be with us. Brother Danny, if you want to go ahead and come. When we're casting that net, when we're looking for the answer, we're looking for a solution, we're trying to, trying to bring in 
Always, always consult the Lord. And then he'll invite, he'll invite us just like he did the disciples as he's standing on the shore. He'll tell us to come and dine. He tells us that every, every Sunday and every Wednesday. Come and dine. Come and taste and see that I am good. Come and dine on my, on my righteousness. Come and dine on what I have to offer you. When we, make the altar, when we give the altar call, that's, what, that's basically what we're telling you. Come and dine. Come and spend time with Jesus. Even if you don't have a problem that day, even if, you, if you've had the greatest week on earth, hallelujah, it's still, it's still good to spend time at the altar. It's still good to come and dine. We can never get enough of Jesus. And I just, I was telling Brother Gary, you know, I love that Victory Temple is, is so responsive to the altar. You don't hesitate. I've been, to, I've been to churches, they give the altar call, and you'd think there's super glue on the seats. They don't, they don't budge. They're just like, they're just, uh-uh. Not moving. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's frustrating. You just want to give up. It's like, well, why bother giving the altar call? They're not going to respond. You know, you, all, you have to... You almost have to, you almost have to throw that net and try to drag them, try to drag them into the altar. You know, you just you had to you have to be creative. But I'm so thankful that we don't have to do that here. All we have to say is, "Come and dine." Can we bow our heads and pray this morning, this evening? Sorry, Lord. Thank you once again for this opportunity to, to be here this evening in fellowship and to, to worship you, to give you all the glory that you deserve. Father, I just pray that in everything we do, that we would do it as for the Lord. Pray that we would not cast out that net without you with us. Pray that we would not, that we would learn not to do things on our own strength because we're not, we're not that strong on our own, Lord. Pray that you just be with us in everything we do. And I just pray that we would just reflect you in everything we do. So I would just ask you this evening, come and dine. Altars are open. Whatever your situation may be, or if there's a problem in your life, that there's if you want to pray for the sick, if there there's lost family, friends, coworkers that you need to that you need to draw in, seek the Lord on that matter. There's healing that's needed. Come and dine.